Hey y'all, welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Sermon. Our goal for this podcast is to dive deeper into scripture, going beyond what is preached on Sundays at Harbor City Church and what you typically get to hear in the pews. Thanks for joining us. Let's nerd out. All right, well, welcome back to Beyond the Sermon. Last week, we were uh, in Acts. We kind of kicked off this series in Acts, moving into really the next half the year, if not more, uh, at Harbor City. Uh, we're really looking forward to our time. Uh, we spent a long time in the book of John, and Acts is kind of a natural flow out of that, and so it almost feels like a continuation of what right. we did in 2023. Um, so if you're following along with us, um, maybe you aren't driving, you could turn to Acts 1-6, um, but if you are driving, just hang out and listen. Uh, John... I was curious, just to kind of kick us off, um, AP said that Kentucky is the best team of all time. Yeah. What do you feel about that? <laughs> I do not believe that is true. You know, hey, let, let's give Kentucky their due. Kentucky is an incredible program. Yeah. I mean, and it's an incredibly historic program in the world of college <laughs> basketball. But to say that they're the number one of all time, and maybe you could make a historic argument if you're looking back like a long time ago. But for those of us who were born in, you know, the last like 30 years, there's yeah, yeah. clearly another team that is is, is better. It's fair. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if you've ever watched those population simulations and you see countries like kind of rise and fall and uh, how like India in the past 40 years just like popped out of nowhere. Yeah. Duke did that too. Just yep. Took them and, a long time. But hopefully we'll stay. That's my hope. It's <laughs> to be true. determined. That is to be determined. But I hope we'll stay. Well, let's jump right in. Um, and John, this week you're going to be walking through Acts 1, uh, 6 through 28, it looks like. Um, one of the things that uh, kind of jumps out from the jump, um, it's kind of a twofold question. Lord, um, in verse 6 it says, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? It's the disciples talking to Jesus. Um, there's some debate about like the, is, was that a valid question or was it just kind of dumb missing the point of what Jesus was doing? Um, we'll, we'll start with that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, background, uh, Jesus has, um, you know, told the Holy, uh, told the disciples not to leave the city until the father sends the gift of the Holy spirit and he is preparing to ascend to the father. And so the, he's been speaking to them about the kingdom of God which would be coming. So that, that's important context for their question. And then their question comes up, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, I've heard uh, pastors, I've, I may have even preached sermons where I've said this, <laughs> where it's like, uh, you know, you can, it's almost comical. You can see these, you know, 11 confused disciples that maybe they see Jesus start like ascending, like floating up into the clouds. <laughs> They're like, wait, wait, wait. Hey, can you answer our question? We're really wondering. There are a lot of promises God made in the Old Testament about Israel. You told yeah. us we were going to sit on 12 thrones. When are you going to? And it's almost like they're shouting at him while he's like, uh, continued to ascend to the Father. <laughs> are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And then he just yells, no, it's a bad question. Um, so there, are, sometimes there are a lot of sermons where you hear uh, preachers uh, make fun of the disciples. Um, and I don't know. I mean, maybe there's an interpretation where that's valid. But in the context um, that Jesus introduces, um, uh, in, in the context of the kingdom of God earlier, uh, it's a totally appropriate question. I actually you know, need to repent of my um, mocking of the disciples' question and say, man, it, w- it really was an excellent question. 
And, um, you know, there's a, a few different reasons why that's the case. One is, of course, the immediate context of Jesus speaking about the kingdom of God, which included the, the fulfillment of God's promises to restore mm. Israel, that Jesus was the Messiah, but he was also uh, the Davidic king, a king like David who would rule on a, in a kingdom on a throne that would never end. And so the disciples rightly recognized Jesus as that king. Well, that king was prophesied to restore the kingdom to Israel. And so their question was not one that was self-seeking, but it was just wondering, is, is, is God uh, fulfilling his promises through Jesus and is he doing it now? The mm. other reason why they're thinking that the time is now is because Jesus was speaking to them about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And in places like Joel chapter 2 and in, in Luke 22, Jesus had told them you know, that the Holy Spirit is going to come, and he linked the coming of the Holy Spirit to the coming of the kingdom of God. And so when they are interpreting, Jesus is saying, hey, wait in the city, the Holy Spirit's about to come. They're thinking, oh, and that must mean the kingdom yeah. of Israel is about to be restored as well. Mm. Well, I, I think on that, within that conversation, maybe another good thing for people to kind of understand um, we use this term kingdom of God a lot, especially in the book of Acts. This kind of unleashes it with the, the Holy Spirit coming, and you That's really right. begin thinking about the kingdom of God in a particular way, uh, different than you would have in the Old Testament, maybe, even. Mm-hmm. And so, um, man, just kind of like give some framework for that. It feels almost uh, Tolkien to talk about the yeah. kingdom of God. Like, how do we well, the, how do we think about that? The kingdom of God is a, a topic uh, that's been written on. Um, you know, prolifically. And so there's a lot that could be said about it. Uh, But the kingdom of God is simply um, everywhere that God rules. Hmm. Uh, God is king, which we believe that he is. Everywhere that he rules is his kingdom. Now, you begin to ask the question, okay, well, if God is king and he's sovereign over all things, well, then um, is, is he king of the earth? And as we read the account in Genesis 3, as we, uh, of, of God withdrawing from the garden, hmm and there's a distance between God and man, um, that there begins to be this picture in the Old Testament that talks about um, the enemy of God, Satan, as being the ruler of this world. Yeah. And so, um, you know, C.S. Lewis, you, know, you mentioned Tolkien, but C.S. Lewis in his uh, space trilogy, Out of the Silent Planet, he, he takes the protagonist in the first book out of the earth, and he's overwhelmed by how the whole universe worships God, and then he turns and he looks at Earth, and mm. then he sees it as the silent planet. So that the first title of that book is called Out of the Silent Planet. Mm. Um, Earth being the only place in all the cosmos that does not offer God his worship. Mm. And so the kingdom of God is wherever God rules, and God certainly rules um, in and around Earth. Again, Satan is not sovereign. God is sovereign. But, but God is working in the events that happen on Earth to bring about his kingdom. And the way that he um, does that is by creating a people for himself, the nation of Israel, and out of that people, raising up this king like David, who would rule forever. And that king, of course, is revealed through the Gospels as Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so Jesus' kingdom is coming to earth. Yeah. And Acts begins to speak of the what we would call the, the inauguration of that kingdom mm. of Jesus, assuming the throne through his ascension, and then ruling that kingdom through his body, the church. And so when we talk about the kingdom of God uh, in, in a strictly biblical sense, we are talking about how God, the creator, rules um, all that he is sovereign over um, for his purposes. Yeah, that's really helpful. I think it's helpful. Um, and if you're listening to this, a lot of times we'll use phrases and um, 
there's more weight behind some of those phrases than what we can often uh, pull out in a sermon. And so kingdom of God is just one of those. And I think it's important to understand uh, kind of the nuance of that phrase as it comes into Acts and how it um, just influences what the writer is talking about. All right, John, uh, we see uh, we, we're coming out of the Gospels. Judas has killed himself. He betrayed Jesus. That's right. Jesus made a big deal about there being 12 disciples, and now there's 11. And there were 12 uh, tribes, but there weren't only 11. Like, that never happened. So That's right. There's, there's not some continuity there. So if something takes place um, in these verses. You you're, you've, are going to preach about them. Um, talk to us about about that and kind of the the maybe some of the humor in it even. Yeah, that's right. You know, so um the disciples are portrayed, you know, throughout the gospels and here in the book of Acts as so um wonderfully human. Mm-hmm. Um both in sometimes you see the mercy of God extended to them, but also sometimes you see them make, you know, mistakes as it were. And then sometimes we don't know if it's a mistake or not. And so <laughs> the rest of chapter one, it, it's kind of odd reading it. You know, I, I can go, go through this. You know, they they return to Jerusalem. Um, Luke is uh, very diligent to list all, the names of all the uh, disciples. And as you read it, there are 11. And there's clearly one missing. Jesus had promised his disciples early, and later in Luke's gospel, Luke 22, that the disciples would rule over the 12 tribes of Israel. Hmm. Well, if you have rulers over each tribe and you only have 11, the question is, well, who's going to be that 12th ruler? Yeah. And so verse 15 says, you know, what, what do we do in that? You know, Peter stood up among the brothers, about 120 people, and then he says, hey, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas. And then he proceeds, basically that Judas needs to be replaced. Yeah. And then he proceeds to quote from two Psalms. And those Psalms, uh, the first quote from Psalm is, may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it. And then from another Psalm, let another take his office. (laughs) Now, the humor is found in no one, no one, no one reading the original context of those Psalms, knowing the author to be David, would think that David the prophet was prophesying about Judas or the betrayal of the Messiah. Mm. And so the fact that Peter takes these two phrases out of these Psalms and then interprets them yeah. as scripture and prophecy that needed to be applied in this moment um, is is a bit of a head scratcher. Um, there, are, you know, you read different commentaries, and some commentators they rush to Peter's defense. And yeah, he was divinely led by the Holy Spirit. Then they're like, scratch your head, wait, the Holy Spirit hasn't come yet. Yeah, um, and they're they're like maybe you know into uh, the, the gospels the. Uh, scripture tells us that Jesus opened the disciples' mind to understand the scriptures, and so they're like, maybe Peter just understood something about these two passages of these two psalms. And then there are other commentators who say, yeah, Peter just did what he thought was right, like he often did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was why we needed the Holy Spirit to come to lead the church. <laughs> and so example. Peter just decides to um, that that what needs to happen is we need to cast lots to elect a new uh, disciple. Yeah. Um, which again, I, we may get into that, but even the process by which they went about choosing that disciple was not prescribed by Scripture. There are parallels in Scripture and just seems to be a very odd way for making decisions. Yeah. Um, and so we can talk about that, the casting of lots that they do. Well, I think I, before we go there, um, that'll be next, but I, I do have a, one question that I think of. There's there's many people in our church that I've talked to that uh, are more critical thinkers, um, sometimes even a skeptic. And mm-hmm. so you hear something like that from their ears, um, that may cause, well, what if there's other things where 
it wasn't exactly quoted right or it was quoted out of context. What do you do in this particular scenario? Why is this not um, bad? If yeah, you that's will? right. Well, Luke, the author, doesn't say he doesn't make a uh, any commentary of saying, and this was the will of God, or this yeah. was the right thing. Luke is, here's our word, describing what yep. happened and giving an account for why there was an election of a 12th disciple. Yeah. But he doesn't say, you can look in verse 15, um, that the Holy Spirit led or that, 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 that you know, the word of God came to Peter, mm. that formula for an act of God here. What yeah. we're seeing is Peter take the initiative here. Now, to Peter's defense, what he's doing is he is seeking to use God's word in the direction of God's people, and he is seeking to the best of his ability to apply what he knows about what God is doing in the world through these 12 disciples and bring it to bear with their present circumstances. And so um, there is something that is praiseworthy in what Peter is doing, and, but Luke kind of leaves the reader to decide whether that was something that was yeah. um, good or bad. Um, and so what th- those who are maybe critical or more cynical as they would re- would he- uh, hear and read this, the Bible describes lots of things, yeah. but is not making a commentary necessarily endorsing that which happens. Yes. Yeah. And so, so the, you know, think about reading through the Old Testament patriarchs. Yeah. Um, I'm reading through Genesis right now. You know, uh, uh, Abraham twice goes to foreign countries and um, it, it, as he's uh, traveling and tells the people of that country that his wife is just his sister. Right. Um, now, the Bible accounts for that, but the Bible doesn't, but the Bible in no way endorses that. Yeah. Or, or says that was morally praiseworthy, quite the opposite. In the same way, here is something that's being described, and there's no statement made. Um, that this is endorsed by the leadership of God, um, but it's just a description of what the disciples were doing. Yeah, so you can, because it's description, you can read through this humorously because you're reading into the life of just another person. That's right. And God uses and redeems their life just as much as ours. That's right. Isn't there some like, there's some connection there? Like uh, this shouldn't cause us to look down on the early disciples. Actually, it should cause us to identify with them because they are like us. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's super helpful. I think um, now going backwards uh, just a hair, um, or maybe forwards, I guess, uh, the casting of lots. We see this in, uh, you know, the Israel's tradition. In the Old Testament, we see Jesus's clothes cast for lots, and now mm-hmm. this, or lots are cast for the clothes. Um, so, talk about that a little bit. What's the what's happening here? Are they kind of appropriating something? What's what's going on? Yeah, there is a bit of appropriation, and may and maybe no pun, no pun intended in an appropriate way. But we can just talk about <laughs> that. Um, you know, in the Old Testament, in the law, um, God gave to uh, His priest an ability to make decisions and to discern the will of God when they couldn't discern it from wisdom or prayer or wasn't clear through the scriptures. And that um, he, he gave them what it's called the Urim and the Thummim, um, these um, uh, instruments by which they could pray before the Lord. If 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 we, this is cast and it comes out this way, then we believe God is directing this. And mm-hmm. if it's cast and it comes out another way, we believe God is directing uh, in, in, in this way. And so it is, uh, it's a practice that truly does recognize the sovereignty of God. That the, the cast of a think about it like a die, um, every cast of a die comes from the Lord because he there's not one square inch of creation over which he is not sovereign, mm. and so it does it, it is recognizing God's sovereignty um, over all things, um, and so the disciples seem to take that practice 
and they bring it uh, to bear in this selection of these two disciples. Now, back to a little bit of humor here. Um, yeah. I made the comment earlier. It's like, why did Luke need to put the detail that there was a guy named Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justice, and this other guy named Matthias? Like, yeah. he put the losing guy in that. Why couldn't he have just said the disciples cast yeah. lots and it fell on Matthias? You know, one day we're going to meet Barsabbas, and you're like, hey, aren't you the guy who was almost a disciple? And he's going to be like, uh, you almost you know? had a tribe. That's right. You almost made it. You know, see that throne? That could have been you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, it, you know, the. It does show um, another thing, though. It shows a continuity between the the New Testament people of God that he's forming right here, the early church, mm-hmm. and the Old Testament people of God, that the the first disciples were Jews, and they um, were practicing Jews, mm-hmm. and they brought their Jewishness into their Christian faith. Yeah. Um, and so it, it demonstrates that. Well, I had a question off of that, and it went away. Yep. So I'm sorry beyond the sermon, it was not worth... Worth the time, or else it would have been so. Um, all right. Well, we are. Well, let me ask you a question. Okay. You asked me lots of questions. Yeah, yeah. So this is an example the disciples gave about casting lots for an important decision. Is that something that we should do today? After all, God is still sovereign today. No. Okay. <laughs> no, right. no, no. I think there's there's a college student out there, and there's yeah. there's two girls he's pursuing. Oh my gosh! And he wants to decide between the two. Should he cast lots to decide? He what should God's date will either is? of them if that's the where he's at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's that's fair. That's the wise choice. All right. Well, we are uh, really grateful for your time every week. Um, again, make sure to listen to the sermons. Don't let this be your source of church for the week or studying God's Word. Please, please be doing that. Hey, by the way, on that note, we have put out a Bible reading plan. If you do not attend Harbor City and you do not have access to a plan that is good for you, feel free to email us at philip at harborcitychs.com. I can get that to you. Otherwise, pick one up on Sunday and make sure to grab an external at in service so you can uh, take notes, keep those close at hand Sunday by Sunday and follow along. All right. We're so grateful for you. We look forward to spending some time with you next week.